High school yearbooks always have a space in the front and the back for your friends and classmates to write notes and say things about your friendship and you as a person. Um, and I wonder, for some of you, what is written in your high school yearbooks <laughs> about you. What some of those notes say. I, last week, in order to find that picture that I showed, I was going through my ninth grade yearbook, and I counted 17 different notes began this way, to a nice guy. <laughs> it's too bad nice guys finish last. <laughs> and there are other things that came up regularly. Short, shorty. Mmm, love those. Saxman, really? Like, that's so cool, Saxman. Nice came up a lot. Did I mention nice? You know, every man aspires to grow up to become nice. <laughs> Smart came up occasionally. Um, the words that are said to you and to me, the words that are said about you and about me, shape how we see the world. They shape how we see ourselves, and they shape how we think about God. They do. And, and I've got an example from my Grandpa John from one side of the family and my Grandma Vi from the other side of the family. So, so Grandpa John was this self-made, you know, Greek guy. I mean, I always thought of him as like this godlike figure. I mean, he was this tall man, you know, in very commanding presence, deep, booming voice. You know, you never had to wonder what he wanted you to do. He would tell you just outright, you know, boom. And, and one of his favorite phrases, and this wasn't used of me as much as it was just people in general. What are you, an idiot? What are you, an idiot? And he would, when he would come to visit Indiana, he called all the people who were driving I.I.s, Indiana idiots <laughs> from Las Vegas. They don't know how to drive. I'm going to drive over them, okay? So that, that was Grandpa John. What are you, an idiot? And then there, then there was Grandma Vi, who, uh, total opposite of Grandpa John. So she's this, like, 80 pounds soaking wet, frail woman with arthritis, and, and one of her tra trademark phrases with me all the time was, Mark, God's got something special for you. Aww. Okay, so, and, and there it is. Now, I don't know about you, but I also happen to have a wish list of what I wish people said about me and to me. Like, uh, on my, high on my list is, uh, Max, you are so buff. Yesterday at a party, I, Brett Potter was standing here in, in a pose, and I got on the same pose, and they laughed at me. <laughs> and they were like, it's not even close. It's not even a comparison. You know, another thing on my wish list is Max, Pete Heist, John Weiss, Andy Stanley. They got nothing on you, baby. Okay? It's, a, it's another wish list on my bucket wish list, I wish. But when it comes to words, when it comes to words, you know, we're on the receiving end and the giving end of words. You know, there are things that are said to us and about us, and there are the things that we say to others and about others. Um, I've said some great things in my life. I've, you know, will you marry me? I love you. I'm proud of you. I've said some things that I regret. You suck. That's, that's come out of my mouth at certain people. Oh, ooh, I wish I could take that back. I hate you. That's come out of my mouth. Don't believe me? Ask my mom. <laughs> she... She, she still loves me, despite middle school. <laughs> okay? Um, Friday night, 
Friday night, uh, there was the Taste of Jasmine County, and, and I was one of the people helping out with that f- for the food pantry. And it's this big event. It's kind of like, like Taste of Chicago on a, only on a smaller scale. Uh, but there were 800. They had more people show up than they anticipated. So they were running out of forks and spoons and drinks. So one of the bank people comes to me and says, Max, we need you to run to Sam's Club real quick and buy forks and spoons and drinks. And, and I have her record this into my phone, and I'm like, okay, I'm off. Boom! I mean, I fly. I was speeding. Are there, is our sheriff here today? No, okay. I was speeding down 27 to get to Sam's Club, and uh, then I got in, and then, uh, boom, I'm on my way back, and right at Connemara, there's nothing but a sea of red lights. And I'm thinking, oh, there's an accident. Oh, my God, I'm not going to make it back. We're going to round out forks. This is terrible. And as, as traffic's getting closer and closer, I discover it's the bicycle lady. Now, if you're not from Jesmond County, there's this lady who's like, as a matter of principle, riding uh, up and down US 27, and she clogs traffic. And as I was passing her, out of my mouth was Grandpa John. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm channeling. <laughs> you know, it's one of those moments, it just came out. So words Words matter. I had to repent of that yesterday, by the way. Words matter. It, and, and maybe that's why the U.S. military, I don't know if you know this, but the U.S. military, the verbal test is twice as much counted as the math part of the test on the qualification exam for the U.S. military. They know this. Words, if you have verbal skills, everything else can fall into place. And the U.S. military knows this. And maybe that's why the Bible has so much to say about words and the power of words. And so today I want to come back to a passage that we were in in 2010, if you can believe it, it was a long time ago. I know, back in the first Obama administration. So 2010, okay, so we're going to be in the book of James, the book of James, chapter 3. James chapter 3, and they'll throw the verses up if you don't have a paper or an electronic Bible. Uh, James chapter 3. James was the brother of Jesus, by the way, and he wrote this letter to Jewish Christians that were kind of spread out everywhere. Um... And the reason that he wrote this letter is because these Jewish Christians uh, had some some growth areas. That's a positive way to put it, right? They they had some growth areas. Um, One of those growth areas is that they weren't taking care of widows and orphans. Ouch. Okay? Another growth area is that they were showing favoritism to rich people. And then another growth area is that they were saying very hateful, spiteful, hurtful things to one another. And so James writes this letter. And so here we go. We're going to pick it up. Chapter 3, verses one, and, uh, 1 to 2. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Why pick on teachers, James? I mean, come on, what, used car salesman? I mean, let's pick somebody that uses words that maybe don't even mean anything. Congressman? <laughs> okay? Just teachers, really? And my wife, who's a teacher, she says it this way. She says, I'm a teacher. I talk a lot. Now, I happen to know her before she was a teacher, and she talked a lot then, but teachers, we use lots of words. And I know this is a pastor because I'll deliver a sermon, and I'm not smart enough to make like five points. I can only make one point in a sermon. 
So I'm only saying one thing on any given Sunday, but from time to time I'll have somebody come up to me later on and they'll say, Max, I really appreciated your sermon and how you said, and they'll map something out. And I'll be like, I didn't say that. I, didn't say, I don't even believe that. What do you, <laughs> how did you get that from? And no, you, you know, so words, this is why James says what he says, okay, to teachers. Uh, you know, your word, you got to be careful with your words. Teachers use lots of words, and so you teachers, you got to be careful. And I love it. We all make mistakes. Uh, uh, and there's, if you ever wondered what, what a life, some of you are looking for a life verse, there's, indeed, we all make many mistakes. That, that's a winsome life verse right there. Everybody like, boy, isn't that the truth? Okay? But the tongue, he's going to get into the tongue and words in this section. All right? So verses 3 and 4. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is small, is a small thing that makes grand speeches, right? Horse and a boat. This is the horse, industry, uh, the horse capital of the world here in Kentucky. And in recent years, I've had the privilege to get on some of the stallion horse farms. These are big things. These are actually scary things, like especially the stallions, because, you know, they will want to eat your hand. <laughs> they will want to charge you. The, uh, one particular on the tailor-made farm, one horse is so pernicious, it's not just the double fence, but there's like another sa extra safety zone, you know, because this horse, and, and they just call him mean. He's mean. Oh, he's mean, you know. And so uh, isn't, it's fascinating to me. One little small thing in its mouth and you can, you can control the horse. So there's two things that are going on with this horse and boat thing. One, James is saying, one small thing, your tongue and my tongue, can have a vast, huge impact. The other thing he's talking about is, I don't know if you've ever seen a runaway horse. This was big back in Westerns. My dad loved to watch Westerns, and in every Western movie, there's some stagecoach that's getting robbed and the guy who's doing the stagecoach thing gets shot off and then there's some woman in the stagecoach that needs rescued and so the horses you know it's in he's got to gallop you know and jump on in the whole nine yards okay right so a runaway horse is a dangerous thing it can injure maim or kill a runaway boat if you are on uh, uh lake harrington or what's the big one that everybody goes down to who's Cumberland, Lake Cumberland. If one of those party boats, man, boom, that, you know, it's death. <laughs> okay? So, runaway horse, runaway boat can injure, maim, kill. A runaway tongue can injure, maim, and kill. All right? So, let's keep going. Verses 5 and following. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. Isn't this good news? It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Woo! I'm beginning to think that the people who got this letter were saying some very nasty things to one another. Doesn't this sound like your mom? The, listen to me. Listen, the tongue is a flame of fire. Your tongue, your tongue is a tame of fire. It is a world of wickedness. This is, 
you know, James has given these people a what for? Because they've been harsh with one another. And the, he's saying here the tongue is powerful. If you know anything about the ancient world, fire was bad. This is before Dave Johns was around, okay? And so, Dave, if you don't know it, is a fireman, okay? So, and, and, and so firemen, fire, and before Josh was around, uh, firemen with hoses and equipment can squelch fires easily. But in the ancient world, you just had to, uh, what's that line from the, the movie? Run away, run away. All you could do was run away because fire would get it all. Rome, it burned. London, it burned. Chicago, it burned. And when it started burning, it didn't stop burning until it was running, ran out of stuff to burn, <laughs> ran out of fuel. Okay, and, and so in this context, it's like a, oh, okay, thing. Let's, let's keep going. People can tame all kinds of animals, verse 7, birds, reptiles, and fish. I love the tame little lizards. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises the Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. What James is saying in this section here is, your tongue is actually connected to your heart. And what you think and feel eventually comes out of your tongue. Haven't you been around somebody at work and you were working on a big project, you've all been putting in extra hours and they're tired and because they're tired their guard is down and then they say something and you're like, what? And so Jesus himself made the same statement. In Matthew, they were, they were all obsessed about hand washing and what makes you clean and unclean. And Jesus basically said, you're worrying about all the wrong stuff. It's not whether your hands are clean, it's, it's all here. What makes you unclean comes from your heart, comes from you. And if your heart's unclean, if your heart's wicked, it's going to make you wicked. If your heart's been changed by God and you have a new heart, then boom, it's a whole different story. And so Jesus says this, the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Right? It's why uh, Dan Ryland does interviews the way he does outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So Dan is an executive pastor at a bigger church outside of Atlanta, Georgia. If you've ever been to Atlanta, I encourage you to go on I-75 on a Friday at about 5.30 to 6 in the evening. Some of you are already shaking your heads. And you will get to experience Atlanta in a way that few people can. And I'm talking about the traffic, by the way. It's, it's just horrible. It's, it's, it will cause you to lose your religion, children, anything, really. You will, you know, trying to get in Atlanta, through Atlanta, around Atlanta. And so what Dan will do is when they bring somebody from out of state to interview, they'll conduct the interview at a restaurant that's across town. And they will give the man or the woman the keys and say, oh, by the way, you don't mind driving, do you? And it's a test to see on the road if anything comes out of the heart, as in, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and so it's like the pre-interview before the interview interview. Um, and so James, I think, does an excellent job in this passage of drawing out the negative consequences of negative speech that come from a heart that has some heart issues. Jesus, on the other hand, shows us a different way. 
In John chapter 15, uh, John records a section of a conversation that Jesus is having with his closest friends the night before, the night he's arrested. So he knows he's coming to the end of his life. And I found that when people know the end is close, what they say, it, it, it's heavier, it weighs more. And, and there's an importance to what they're saying and how they're saying it. And so Jesus says this to his friends in the section of John chapter 15. He says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love to lay down than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment, love one another. In this little passage, he's saying three things. If you could leave those, that, those verses up there for just a little bit. Hey, I love you. I chose you. And you know what? This rabbi-teacher thing, student-servant thing, that's, that's not our relationship. You know what? We're friends. You're my friends. Everything I've told you everything. I haven't held anything back from you. And then that you're going to produce lasting fruit, that's a, you know what? I believe in you. You can do this. You can do this. All right? So words. Words can create life. They can create death. And so in light of this passage from James and this passage from Jesus, let me ask this question. What are, what are you saying to the people around you? What are you saying to the people around you? To the people that matter most, what do you say regularly? Do you have any trademark phrases that come out? And are they the trademark phrases you'd like to be coming out? And if you're not sure what those are, ask your spouse or your kids. And after the moment of fear passes, they'll tell you the truth, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay? And then, secondly, what are you saying to yourself? Some of us are like, well, I'm such an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. What are you saying to yourself? If you can change how you're talking to yourself, you know you can change the direction of your life, okay? So those are a couple of questions in light of this passage, but let me give you some very, let's get more practical, right? Right now today, and for those of you especially who are teenagers and young people, I want you to pay attention. I call this the paper rule, Max's paper rule. It's real simple. I know that you communicate largely by devices with your friends, all right? You, it's tech words on a screen, back and forth. Here's the paper rule. If you have something positive to say about someone, you want to say thank you, I love you, I'm proud of you, something along those lines, text it, send them a written note in the mail, post it on social media for all the world to see. If, however you need to break up with someone, you need to say something that's painful, you need to lovingly confront someone, do it by phone or in person. Do you know why I say that? Because words weigh more on a screen or in paper. And what happens is 
when you've got negative things on paper, you go back to them. You see them again, and then it reopens all the hurt in the wound. And so the wise thing to do with words is to always keep negative words or confrontational kinds of conversations to the spoken word, either on the phone or in person. And you want to say thank you, you want to say you rock, make a YouTube video, post it on social media, tweet it out, text them, go, go, go bonkers, okay? But th- I call that my paper rule. And so I, for those of you that are younger, you're welcome. If you did that one thing walk from here on out, walking out of this room, trust me, and I, I'm going to sound like Solomon for a minute, you will be walking in the path of life <laughs> and not death, okay? All right? So practical takeaway number two. On your seat, near you, around you, there are these brown pieces of paper. You can fold this up and take you, this with you. I'm giving you some statement starters. You can do it. Thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. I know you're like, I already know these. No, I'm helping you. I don't know, but we can find out. Here's a really good one. It's okay. I've made mistakes too. I'm here for you. I believe in you. I love the way Brian Hall signs his email sometimes. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I trust you. I'm listening. Keep trying. So those are, those are some things to get you started. Now, if you've got people that are close to you, friends, a spouse, you've got kids, you can make your own note cards, and on the front of them, I remember when, and then write something you remember. I remember when you were three, and you got in front of it, you know, and you're writing this to your kid. It will embarrass them, but the fact that you remembered and wrote it down will be a word-of-life blessing thing for them, all right? I have noticed. I hope you know. I'm really glad I've been thinking. Use it with a a good friend. So I, I give this to you so that you will begin to look for opportunities to build people up, to bring life by the words that you use, and to point them to Jesus. All right? So that's practical, practical thing number two. Lori, there's a, there's a lady named Lori Beth Jones who wrote the book um, Jesus CEO, but her better book is something called The Path. And uh, Lori's uh, for a while lived in New York City, and she tells the story about uh, this girl who was from the less desirable parts of New York City, but her school was such that she traveled through Manhattan. And this little girl would get on the elevator, and she'd ride the elevator up and down, and up and down. She was something about elevators, I don't know, okay? But she was clearly from not the better side of town. Now, this particular office uh, building in Manhattan had an elevator attendant, and it was an older man, and that older man would say to her, you seem like a really smart girl. You know what? You seem like a really, really smart girl. And, you know, well, yes, I am. And they'd have conversations, and he began playing. He would say things to her. You know what? I, I bet you're going to work in an office building like this someday. I bet you run a business in an office building like this someday. Yes, sir, you bet I am, you know, as kids do when you're saying those kind of things to them. Well, in 2003, that little girl was named the senior partner of one of the most prestigious law firms in Manhattan. It's not a coincidence, right? Words have the power of life and death, okay? So here's the thing. 
most of us, as I've been going through this message today, we identify with the girl in the elevator, and we're thinking about all the things that are said to us. But I want you to make a transition today, and even if you're a teenager, I want you to see yourself as the older man in the elevator. You, someone is listening to what you say. Someone is listening to what you say. So weigh what you say. Weigh your words out. Weigh what you say, build them up, and point them to Jesus. Clear bottom line. There you go. That's, if you do that this week, you will put smiles on many, many faces, and for good reasons.